follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaBusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. What is the cloud? It's not just pie in the sky anymore. SAP presents In the Cloud with Game Changers with your host, Bonnie D. Graham. Are you in the cloud yet? If you are, do you know how to maximize its potential? Get ready for an hour of innovations and innovators who will explain how they are using the cloud. Find out how to make it work for you or work more effectively for you. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome. Oh, doom and gloom in the economy, they're telling me. Nah, I hear something different. I hear that the economic forecast is especially rosy for professional services firms, fondly known to some of us as pro-serve firms. Why? It's the cloud, says Think Strategies' Jeff Kaplan. Jeff says, while often easier to use than traditional on-premises applications, cloud solutions still require specialized skills that most internal IT and software development organizations do not have. This has opened up a great opportunity for professional services firms. However, according to Service Performance Insights' Dave Hofferberth, double-digit growth may have a price. He says in 2012, ProServe revenues will top 10%. That is impressive. Headcount growth will top 10%, continuing impressive. Hourly bill rates will increase by over 10%, and employee attrition will be over 10%. Dave says the strains on these organizations will be enormous. So how can they survive? Well, SAP's David Sweetman has the answer. He says managing a ProServe firm's knowledge base is more critical than error. Than ever. So join us as we explore double digit pro serve growth managing success. I am Bonnie D. Graham, thrilled to be here and hope you will stay with us for the entire hour. In the Cloud with Game Changers is the second weekly live show here on the Business Channel presented by SAP. And today is our fourth consecutive weekly show. So happy you're on board. And by the way, let me do a shameless plug for our other show, Wednesdays, 8 a.m. Pacific. 11 a.m. Eastern, which is my time zone right here on the Business Channel. Join us for more food for thought from the experts on Coffee Break with Game Changers. Okay, I'm going to introduce you to my three special guests today. You've already heard a little bit about them. I'll bring them on with just a brief bio and a quick hello, and then we'll get started. Jeff Kaplan is Managing Director of Think Strategies and founder of the Cloud Computing Showcase. Jeff is the organizer and host extraordinaire of the popular Cloud Innovators Summit's Executive Forum Series. Jeff Kaplan, say a quick hello. How are you today? Hey, it's a pleasure to be with you, Bonnie, as always. Thank you, Jeff. You and I did some webinars together last year. We had a great time, so I'm delighted to welcome you to SAP Radio. This is a real treat for me. Thanks for joining me today. And we're going to bring on our second guest, 
are David Hofferberth, but we're such good friends as of an hour ago, he's letting me call him Dave. Dave is the Service Performance Insights founder and a managing director. We know their firm as SPI. Dave has over 25 years' experience in information technology as an industry analyst, market, consult- market consultant, and product director. He's focused on the services economy, and in particular, white-collar productivity issues and the technologies that help people perform at their highest capacity. Isn't that the goal for everyone? Hi, Dave. How are you? Great, Bonnie. How are you doing today? Wonderful. Thanks for joining us. So far, we've got you and Jeff Kaplan. I think we'll round out this trio with one of my good guys at SAP. David Sweetman is a Solution Marketing Director for SAP Business by Design Cloud-Based Enterprise Management System. David focuses on the professional services industry, and before SAP, he worked for two decades. David, I don't think you're old enough for that. In management strategy, launch sales, and marketing positions in enterprise software and consulting. Welcome, David Sweetman. How are you today? I'm very well. Thanks for having me on the show, Bonnie. Good. Delightful. And actually, this this topic came from you, so I want to thank you for helping us put this together. Always glad when somebody comes up with a great idea for this cloud show. So I'm going to kick this off by talking to Jeff Kaplan briefly. I'll do go through each of you in, in the row that we started on the, the quote you gave me. Jeff Kaplan, you say, while cloud solutions are easier to use than traditional on-premise apps, they require specialized skills to be successfully deployed and utilized. This growing need has created a great opportunity for ProServe firms. Tell me a little bit more about that, Jeff Kaplan. Well, what we're seeing is a, a, a tremendous amount of interest in these cloud alternatives from organizations of all sizes across uh, nearly every industry, a lot of it being driven by the consumerization of IT phenomena in which um, end users are finding their own apps on their own smartphones and experimenting with those um, in ways that may or may not be um, uh, known or even understood by their uh, in-house IT departments. And when a professional services firm comes in to take a look at that situation, they often find um, a number of different um, uh, scenarios in place. One is, of course, um, the IT department that is still stuck in the past thinking that the only way to solve problems is to buy software and systems and to throw Mm -hmm. the technology at their end users or executives to uh, try to force them to take advantage of it. Uh, Second might be a a scenario in which um, uh, the IT department wants to help, but they're so busy dealing with those old systems that they don't have time to actually work with their end users to figure out exactly what will best serve their needs. And then the third possibility is they want to help but want to make sure that they have the guidance of a mm-hmm. experienced third party to um, ensure their success uh, because uh, there's no question that you know, IT departments for a long time have been tested when it comes to satisfying the sure. needs of their end users as well as the um, executives that they work with. And uh, they want to make sure that they um, begin to build a more positive uh, working relationship. And very often it's uh, using third parties to help them with that process. Um, there's some specialized skills we can get into uh, later in this conversation. But that's the that's the, the, um, the kind of um, situation that many IT departments find themselves in. Thank you, Jeff. That's a great setup. But I want to bring on Dave Hofferberth. Your quote was filled with 10% here, 10% there. I'm seeing growth, and it is rosy. But I want you to level set for us, Dave Hofferberth. Jeff Kaplan mentioned third-party firms. When we talk ProServe, exactly who 
whom are we discussing? Both words. Who and whom? What kind of firms? What would be the, the, the sign on the door? What would it say if I walked up to a ProServe firm and I said, hello, you're ProServe. I want to do business with you. What would the title be? Dave Harferberth, SPI. Talk to me. Well, you know, I mean, the, the, the professional services market, ProServe, is, is a huge market. It encompasses a number of different types of organizations, uh, you know, from architects and engineers uh, to research and development to management consultants to IT consultants um, and so forth. So, you know, it, it kind of covers the spectrum of, of, of service organizations, and, of course, it is uh, – People-dominated, people-driven, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to machinery or, or something like that. We produce knowledge in this industry, not necessarily a product. So, you know, there's all kinds of, of, of folks that are in this. But, but I think what Jeff said was right in that the, the, the pro-serve organizations that are supporting the cloud-based initiatives, I mean, they have to have the specialized knowledge um, and expertise in it. But from what we've seen... And we've been benchmarking about five years on a lot of markets. Um, mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, five years ago, we didn't really benchmark the, the ProServe in the SaaS-oriented or cloud-oriented organizations just because it wasn't, it wasn't very dominant, but now it's taking over uh, the market. So these are the individuals that you're going to go to that are going to help you set the strategy and help you implement your cloud solution. So what would be that sign on the door, Dave? Would it say, we help you with your IT needs or cloud support here or cloud consulting extraordinaire? How would you find those companies? Well, it's interesting because a lot of these companies um, obviously do more than just implement cloud-based solutions. So, you know, if you're, if you're working with the right firms, they would, they would offer a, a, a breadth of services. For instance, they would come up and help you set up your strategy help set up your, your uh, business processes. And then through understanding your business processes, trying to optimize those, then help you uh, with your cloud strategy, deploy, implement, and make sure that uh, your organization is running as efficiently as it possibly can. So, you know, you, you could look at a management consultancy and they have cloud-based, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, p- people. And you could also look at a company that really is an IT solutions provider and they have the management consultants on board that will help you with your cloud strategy. So it, it really runs the gamut. Thank you very much. We've been talking about ProServe from the outside looking in. I've used the metaphor of we're knocking on their door and saying, hello, we need your help. Now let's flip completely to the other side. David Sweetman, you say managing a ProServe firm's knowledge base is more critical than ever because than ever. I keep saying error, ever, because the premise of the show today is that we've got a good forecast. They are growing according to SPI. So tell me, what is this, this gold mine? Is it a gold mine, the knowledge base? base of a pro-serve firm. Talk to me, David Sweetman. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, in speaking with our customers, um, you know, consistently they say there's three things that really they need to always keep an eye on, and that's the, the relation, their relationships, um, their reputation, and their resources. And, you know, so by by that, what we mean is, uh, you know, for relationships, it's understanding their, their customers' needs and understanding the specialist skills that they have that can provide those needs. Um so, so they can develop those relationships and the projects that they would need to survive. And then the reputation, of course, they, they would need to be able to deliver uh, projects consistently on time, on budget, you know, and increase their reputation so that they can, you know, drive, drive more business in their relationships. And then on the resourcing side, uh, you know, they need to keep track of both their employees and 
essentially subcontractors and others, uh, to make sure that they have the right people to, ta- to put on the, on the job so that they can um, deliver consistently and also achieve the utilization rates, etc. they need for profitability of their professional services firm. So really it, it comes back to that knowledge base, so it's really understanding their customers well, understanding their projects and what they do internally well so that they can replicate it easily. And then, and then really understanding their resources well so that they can get the right people on the right job at the right time. Interesting. So we're talking now about double digit pro serve growth. So you're saying you just don't put a shingle out on the door and say, hi, we have a couple of smart guys here. We're going to help you set up everything you need. We're going to talk to your cloud needs. We're going to help you get past whatever your, your sticking points are with your IT. We're going to help your company grow and we're really smart because we know such and such. Sounds like as they grow, they have to manage that business very, very well so that they can help their clients manage their business as well. Is that what we're talking about, David? Yeah, exactly. They they really need to uh, to understand what they can provide and then make sure that they can be very consistent in their business. I think that's what uh, all, all firms, uh, professional services firms and non-professional services firms aspire to have is a is a stable and growing business. And so that demands some discipline in making sure that you're you know targeting the right customers with the right services. Uh, you know, enable are able to, to to monitor and develop that pipeline and make sure that you can deliver the services and products in a timely way. So, yes, it's, uh, I think those are the, the key ingredients for, for growth, and, and those are the things that the professional services firms that we see growing have really got under control. They've got a strong discipline around these kinds of things through the systems that they put in place and, uh, and then, of course, their management skills and processes. Thank you, David. We are just about heading for our first break. I've got a trio of really smart guys named Jeff, Dave, and David. I think I can keep them all straight. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is In the Cloud with Game Changers. When we come back, we're going to dig into the numbers a little bit. Dave Hofferberth, I'm going to put you in the hot seat. I want to talk about your benchmarking at SPI for the past five years. And these numbers, that ProServe revenues will top 10%. I want to know where did we come from and what do you think is going. And, of course, you'll save for the crystal ball segment at the end of the show the big prediction so don't give away too much we'll be right back don't even think of touching that mouse or however you're listening to us this is in the cloud with game changers by sap when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce over 70% of the world's chocolate, more than 50% of the world's brand name jeans, over 72% of the world's beer, more than 86% of the world's athletic footwear, and over 65% of the world's televisions. Learn more at www.sap.com. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce more than 52% of the world's movies, collect tolls for over 1.75 billion road miles traveled each year, and represent 80% of the companies on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. SAP customers fly more than 1.1 billion of the world's passengers, courier over 50% of the world's packages, and manufacture over 77,000 automobiles a day. Learn more at www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You 
are In the Cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. If you have a question or comment for Bonnie or her guests, send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. You can also tweet your comments to pound sign SAP Radio during the show. Now back to In the Cloud with Game Changers. We are in the cloud indeed, but it is not cloudy. It is very clear. I'm talking to Jeff Kaplan from Think Strategies, Dave Hofferberth from SPI, and David Sweetman from SAP. When we left off before the break, I was going to ask Dave Hofferberth to get out his calculator and talk to me about SPI's benchmarking studies. Five years. That's a lot of data, Dave. You're saying to us that ProServe revenues will top 10%. Historically, is that a good thing? Is that a not-so-good thing? Is that a wow? Tell me. Well, well, Bondi, to be honest with you, that's, that's, that's a normal. Um, we, okay. in professional services, we do expect uh, a top-line growth to, to average roughly 10% a year, and, and it, it's just the nature of this industry. But what we saw back in, uh, well, we say 2009, was growth went down on average to around 4%, 4 or 3%, mm-hmm. which in this industry is not good. Um, and so there were a lot of fears, and, and companies started cutting back. Fortunately, since then, we just topped uh, the 10% in 2011. And I won't tell you 10 years out, but, but I can tell you that we expect around 15% or so in 2012 as the economy um, improves. And I think professional services are a leading indicator. You know, so their growth is probably positive for the market itself. This is very, very interesting. Jeff Kaplan, I know you're dying to say something about this because you're a numbers guy, too. What do you think about this this we, forecast before we get to the forecast? Go yeah, ahead. Sure. Uh, so I think it's interesting. Um, if we were to parse uh, the overall numbers, I, I think what we would find is that those companies who are focused on the cloud obviously are growing uh, exponentially um, above that um, that industry total standard uh, because uh, that's the hot button in the marketplace. Uh, mm-hmm. Those who are trying to transition from uh, a focus uh, uh, towards more legacy-oriented systems and software and business processes are probably the ones who are lagging in terms of growth because they're seeing that business opportunity go away. Hmm, interesting. I want to focus on the cloud word right now. I want to move that word over, push it aside, and I want to use the word virtual. I know David Sweetman before the show was telling me something about virtual companies with virtual staff. David, you want to bring yeah. that point in for us? Yeah, I um, think you know, Dave mentioned uh, that uh, professional services uh, provides a leading indicator. You know, and the 15% growth that he's predicting is great. And I think a lot of, you know, some of that is, is due to uh, company is being able to manage their virtual um, support group much more effectively than they've ever been able to. Um, so that comes from being able to to offload very complex tasks to professional services companies, you know, where they're kind of white collar support organizations and advisory companies, or or even if it's it's things like uh, manufacturing distribution, those those kinds of things are also often outsourced. Um, so it, what we're what the cloud provides in order for us to be able to do that is the um, the accessibility of systems, consistency of systems, and then the connectivity of people to them from around the world, uh, you know, in the, in the global economy. So it's no longer as difficult to get a very specialist person with a specialist knowledge of how the Chinese legal system works that could support a growth uh, or merger or acquisition in, in that kind of market. You're able to now find people more easily 
you know, through social media and connectivity, which enable, uh, you know, through the cloud and then contract through them through systems now and make sure that they're running their projects more consistently because they could have access to the same systems in the same way that companies more locally have been able to do in the past. So it really enables more of that global reach and, uh, and growth. David, I want to ask you, do you have a case study you'd like to mention? You sent me some notes about Vizio. Are you at liberty to talk oh, about them briefly? Yeah, but that's a company I often speak about. Uh, it's a company that I see in Costco when I go there at the weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, you see these big screen TVs, and sure. uh, one of the biggest brands is Vizio. And I'm, I'm just shocked by that company because in 2010, just two years ago, they shipped three million uh high-definition TVs, and they had 100 people in their company. You know, it's just unthinkable that a company could be able to outsource as many services, uh, both not only manufacturing, but the whole of their accounting and uh, marketing and all of those other professional services for a company to have such a big image and uh, have so few few employees. So, you know, if we think of of that, then that's a model that could well... uh, replicate in, in other industries. Jeff Kaplan, I want to hear what you have to say because you're big on this idea of this outsourcing. And what, what, do you, what do you observe in your marketplace? What do you observe all the companies you work with? I know you consult for an enormous number of companies. But more important, do you have any case studies you could drop for us today? Well, I'm going to start with the first part of that question. If I could find a case study as I'm talking here, I'll pull one up. But the fact of the matter okay. is I've used a different term than outsourcing to describe what people are looking for today. And I okay. refer, that to, uh, refer to that rather as outtasking. The idea mm. that people don't want to hand over the entire mess to someone else, hoping they're going to be able to do it for less, but instead want to find specialists who can help them with specific requirements in a more uh, contained fashion to better ensure the success of those engagements. So, you know, there are a growing number of uh, professional services firms focused on uh, helping customers uh, ramp up their use of cloud-based alternatives and improve their success in utilizing those resources and go beyond just reducing costs or increasing the time to value to actually helping them figure out how they can innovate around those uh, functional capabilities and actually respond to as well as change the way their organizations operate. Interesting. It sounds to me when you use the term outtasking, Jeff Kaplan, that you're talking about giving somebody a specific task or assignment and you already know what that is. Whereas outsourcing, I'm just coming from a very naive point of view, a question here. Whereas outsourcing sounds to me like a big, okay, we're going to outsource it. We'll find somebody and tell them to do everything they need to do. Is there that final line or am I seeing too much into no, it? No, you, you got it right on the, on the, on the mark there. Uh, that's exactly why this, this idea is actually taken it hold, and you can probably find it more often than you think um, among the various professional services companies focused on this space. Um, many of them refer to themselves as either managed service providers or SaaS or cloud um, consultants, uh, but what they recognize is they're performing a series of tasks rather mm-hmm. than assuming full responsibility yes. for uh, very specific functional requirements. Very interesting. Dave Hofferberth, I'm sure you have something to say about this in your vast work with ProServe firms. What do you, how many? to say, but, but I guess I can summarize it. Um, you know, we're, we're talking whether you call it outtasking, outsourcing, you know, that's what a lot of professional services, uh, companies do. That's what they do for a living. 
but if you look inside the professional service organization, you'll also realize they outtask or outsource work. And, and that ah. third party, as we like to call it, is critical um, to the success of, 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 a, of a professional service organization because they can offload the work to them when their demand gets too high. They can eliminate uh, the third party when the demand goes down to a sufficient level. So in other words, it's a, it, the third party outsourcing, outtasking provides high margin uh, revenue for professional service organizations, and it's a really good, strong partner. And, and normally what we see and again, we track about 180 key performance indicators in professional service organizations. We see that the, that that most organizations average around 10 to 15 percent of their revenue comes through outsourced. So, you know, when the outsourcers outsource, you really know uh, it's it's a, it's a market. Very interesting. I'm, I'm getting a visual here or a vision in my mind of uh, one of those fun houses where you see the mirror and the, not that makes you look funny, but you see a mirror within a mirror within a mirror. I'm seeing this ecosystem. I know it's a very popular buzzword, an echo or ecosystem, if you will, of pro-serve companies specializing, sub-specializing and putting each other to work. Is this how it all comes together? Anybody can jump in on this one. How yeah, is, how do they absolutely. relate? Yeah, this is Jeff Kaplan. I would say uh, yeah. absolutely that uh, the smart um, professional services companies, um, and I think it was David who alluded to this before, are those companies who are uh, looking at ways in which they can economize in the way in which they operate and pass those operational efficiencies on to their customers. Because, in fact, what the cloud environment has done is it's put a lot of compression on the price sensitivity of customers. They want things fast, and they want things at a far um, lower price than they were willing to um, accept in the past. And the professional service firm has got to respond to that. So rather than being able to send an army of consultants and take months, if not years, to uh, execute their engagements, they need to think in almost a high transaction fashion about how they're going to get in and get out quickly and deliver value in a tangible way. Interesting. I think this is all what we used to call contractors. And you know the very simple example, if you have a house and you want to build a new kitchen and maybe you're not that handy with plumbing or you're not licensed, you would call a plumber, you contract it out. He might have somebody come in and do special piping, somebody go out and find you the best copper pipe. So we've got an ecosystem of people doing their specialties. And in medicine, of course, we have specialties and subspecialties. So I'm going to ask David Hofferberth from a trending standpoint from your perch at SPI, looking at the pro-serve world. Are you seeing that professional services firms are very niche right now and that they have to know whoever else is out there so they can partner, somebody used that wonderful word, to create, uh, the to fill the bill, basically, of whatever they're being asked to do? Is that how it works? Well, I mean, you know, what we're, what we're seeing is, and, and we try to compare the best firms to the rest. I mean, that's that's something we, we perform mm-hmm. every, every year in an analysis. And I think that... If we look at the best firms, you're exactly right. That's what they're okay. doing. They're very, they're very focused in terms of what they're doing, and they realize they need partners that have other skills that they don't want to have, they don't want to pay for because they really don't need them that often. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it just works. It just works as, as you're out in business and you're out doing consulting that there's always something there that you can't do and it doesn't make sense for you to develop that expertise. And so there is this ecosystem 
of of consultants who depend on other consultancies to do mm-hmm. you know bits and pieces of their work for them, and it works out. I mean, now I'm not talking about you know the the largest professional service organizations in the world you know using others, mm-hmm. although that does happen from time to time. I'm talking about firms that are very specialized, very dedicated and want to be the best at what they do, but realize they need help to complete a, a, a large engagement that's got many facets to it. Thank you, Dave. I can't believe the three of you have taken me up to our next break. We're halfway done. My time flies when you're having fun, and we have fun in the cloud here, especially in the cloud with Game Changers. When we come back after the half point, I'm going to ask David Sweetman from SAP to kick us off. Let's give a little advice and perhaps a ray of hope, a big ray of sunshine to our listeners. We don't know whether they're from big or small companies or whether, in fact, they're listening and have a gleam in their eye and say, hey, I like what these guys are saying. Maybe I I could start or partner with somebody, my own ProServe firm, and cash in on this. How would we tell them to get started? So we'll do a little bit about inside the ProServe firm that's going to have that growth and be successful. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and I'm still Bonnie D. Graham. We'll be right back with lots more right here on In the Cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Don't even think of touching that mouse. Justin, take me away. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce more than 52% of the world's movies, collect tolls for over 1.75 billion road miles traveled each year, and represent 80% of the companies on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. SAP customers fly more than 1.1 billion of the world's passengers, courier over 50% of the world's packages, and manufacture over 77,000 automobiles a day. Learn more at www.sap.com. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce over 70% of the world's chocolate, more than 50% of the world's brand name jeans, over 72% of the world's beer, more than 86% of the world's athletic footwear, and over 65% of the world's televisions. Learn more at www.sap.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. are in the cloud with game changers presented by sap if you have a question or comment for bonnie or her guests send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com you can also tweet your comments to pound sign sap radio during the show now back to in the cloud with game changers Welcome back. I'm talking to three esteemed experts about cloud, about professional services firms. We have David Sweetman from SAP, Dave Hofferberth from SPI, and my old good friend Jeff Kaplan from Think Strategies. We're going to talk about what we ended with before the break. I want to give a little advice. I want to find out if you want to cash in on that, that golden or brass ring or whatever metal you're looking for today in the jewelry store of this success for ProServe that SPI has documented and is following and their great benchmark reports. What do you have to do to build that firm? So, David Sweetman, you told me you you have an idea about an achievable business plan and how do these firms take expert knowledge and form it into something that's good that can work. So, tell me, ProServe yeah. firms, how would you start? What's your advice? Yeah, well, it's, it's speaking with you know many of our customers. Um, 
you know, you find that, that most of them start with a, with, with, with a company that has really specialist uh, skills that maybe, you know, looking at either the needs of a particular client that they've been working with or um, for a particular market need, they feel that they can deliver better than, than the competition can. Uh, so it really starts with developing that business plan and really relying on, on the knowledge of the relationships that they currently have to really be the, the, the seeds, as it were, of growing that company. So coming back to those, those kind of three points that I started with earlier, it's really understanding the relationships and how you fit in with delivering your specialty service uh, in relation mm-hmm. to the competition, and then how you can really drive that through, uh, you know, into a reputation repeatedly through, you know, delivering consistent services, whether it's with your own people or with outsourced people, and uh, and where those relationships may rely. So a lot of that, to, to do it very consistently, needs some tools, you know, because uh, what you'll find oftentimes is people will focus on the relationship, they'll get so consumed with the projects and they're, you know, so excited about getting those first couple of projects done well that they'll forget about the business development or they'll forget about the billing or they'll forget about the resource development and the mm-hmm. utilization rates. So it's really being able to make sure that you've got a plan to keep all of these things in balance and it's, it's kind of that balance that will help a company grow and I think if you, you know, if it's all well planned out in the business plan, it also will help with raising the money at the right time and getting the right people to join the firm and grow it. Thank you, David. Good information. Dave Hofferberth, you want to jump in on this? Ideas? Yeah, no, I, I, and I think uh, echoing what uh, David had just said, I mean, you know, these firms start with really, I think, really good people with great ideas, with, with some mm-hmm. kind of specialized knowledge. And, and you know, when you're a five, two, one, two, five-person firm, you know, you can be, be successful in that way. But, but as you grow your firm, you know, things change. I mean, I say it's like a, a restaurant where you have a, a great chef starts a restaurant and you think, oh, boy, that, that's a great chef, so this is going to be a great restaurant, and the restaurant fails after six months. It's kind of the same thing. As, as, as a professional service organization grows, you have to look at all of the different components within the professional services, not just the people with the knowledge that deliver services. And so, you know, we've, we've tracked this for for five years, and, you know, the correlation between having strong leadership that does a great job of communicating and collaborating, you know, having the right human resources so they know the right people to hire and so forth, having sales and marketing on the same page as your service delivery so that they're developing services, packaging services, and selling services that that your organization can be successful. I mean, all of these things are related, and if if you're doing one or more of those, you know, functions, you know, not doing them very well, your organization will ultimately, you know, fail. And so you, as, as the organization grows, you just have to look at everything within it and make sure all the, op, all the operational departments are, you know, are operating really well. So, Jeff Kaplan, I want to ask you, if somebody were to say, I have a lot of knowledge about cloud, I can do the work of five IT departments with my eyes closed, standing with my hands tied behind my back on the top of Mount Rainier or something like that, and I'm so good, everybody should use my services, and I'm building an ecosystem of specialization around me, what exactly would they say on their business card to let the world know that they have this knowledge, that they're poised to be that out-task 
recipient that they can deliver the services that companies need. How would you put that all together? Well, that's a great question. I think what they would have to do is a couple of things. Uh, on that business card, I would actually suggest that they be a little bit more specific about where their cloud skills lie because um, we are uh, quickly approaching what I refer to as a cloud rush um, environment, meaning uh, everyone is jumping into this game and calling themselves cloud vendors or consultants, and uh, it's becoming harder and harder to differentiate yourself. So uh, by being able to more clearly define uh, where your focus and what sets you apart on that business card or in your elevator pitch, I think, mm-hmm. is essential. But number exactly. two, however, is being able to employ uh, many of the cloud uh, resources themselves and helping you uh, architect and deliver your own services in a cost-effective and repeatable fashion will also be essential, especially as you know, professional services firms face the same challenges that their clients face in terms of a dispersed workforce and, uh, again, economic pressures. Interesting. I have a question for you, Jeff. I want to continue on that line. If you were going to build a uh, pro-serve firm or a consultancy, whatever you'd like to call it, would you need seed money to start it? Because we're talking about virtual. We're talking about cloud. We're talking about eliminating IT departments. What would be the cost other than to just say, I have an office and a phone, and I, I, I was almost slipped and said fax machine. Bonnie, slap, slap. <laughs> uh, a, a tie line, a, uh, you know, a, a, a high-speed modem and, and all kinds of screens. What do you need to be that? person other than uh, somebody mentioned before this is selling intellectual services yeah, this is selling yeah. I, I think that, that you just hit it on the last point and by the way if they have a telex machine you know they're really in trouble but uh, <laughs> the fact of the matter is that um, uh, they are selling their intellectual um, yes. uh, property and they're also selling their track record of success so if they don't have either of those uh, in their back pocket they're not going to get very far uh, and the third piece, of course, is, is all about relationships, is one of the two Dave's just uh, mentioned. Uh, the yes. fact uh, is that um, uh, you build a consultancy around the people you know and you expand based upon their help in referring you to people who they in turn know. So uh, I would say that, yeah, seed money is helpful, and certainly I've seen some consultancies uh, being founded with seed money in hand because they have bold ambitions, and there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. But there's there's uh, also the truth that um, a consultant uh, just needs a good handshake and a telephone number to uh, get started if they want to do so in a modest and methodical fashion. That's what I was thinking. I, I had a thought that I don't know if, if either any of the three of you heard our show last week, but I was speaking to, we were speaking about uh, jobs in the cloud, job forecast. I was speaking to M.R. Rangaswamy from Sandhill. Jeff, I know you know his firm very well. And I was speaking with um, uh, Jacqueline Vanasek from SAP, who works on uh, a lot of government services. And I was speaking to an investor, a VC, one of the top VCs. His name is Jeff Clavier, Jean-Francois Jeff Clavier. And he was telling us that one he gets uh, 20,000 I'm sorry I'll scale that back 2 to 3,000 applications a year for VC money from his firm and he's on his third fund it's capped at 55 million right now I think and uh, he selects about 20 out of the 2 to 3,000 and he mentioned I believe a small firm in Croatia that is developing some kind of ERP system to help US farmers manage their business mm-hmm. now that's sexy that is cool that is a 
Hey, say that at a cocktail party to business people and they say, wow, that sounds like a great idea or you got to be kidding me. But it catches attention. So, again, back to my question, I'm going to turn to Dave Hofferberth and, and uh, David Sweetman for this. Yeah. How would you position a new ProServe firm or somebody who had been doing it a while and wanted to go to the next level? How would they capture the attention of anybody, a customer, uh, a group of clients, or even a, a VC person? How do you do it? Dave Hofferberth, you want to jump in? Well, sure. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, we, we're, we're on this uh, concept of ours, um, you know, and, and you know, for, first of all, the relations, and, and second, and I think David Sweetman talked about it, the reputation. I mean, if, if you want to get noticed, if you want to get money, uh, if you want to grow fast, you, you've got to have mm-hmm. the relations and the reputation um, to, get, to, to even get noticed because, as you said, there are thousands of companies out there yeah. That are that are trying to develop cloud cloud solutions, cloud services, you know what all. So it, it's real important that um, you, you just have to go around and establish that rela- the relations and reputation. Okay, David Sweetman. you know, um, as companies really find a niche that they can provide a better service than others, you know, whether it's in the cloud or, or another niche. You know, they, they won't just want to sell one or two uh, engagements. Um, so that may mm-hmm. be an area where, where they may want to invest a bit more heavily and, uh, and, and grow their business ahead of the curve. And what they would need to do is really develop a consistency and effectively productize their services. And uh, this is an area I know Dave Hoffman is particularly familiar with. We did white paper with him on productizing services. But that's uh, a mechanism that many professional services companies use to grow uh, both the consistency and so Dave, I don't know if you want to add to that, but uh, I think that's, that's an area where, where companies may want to grow ahead of, of the curve. David, you took the words right out of my mouth because I remember you and I worked together with David SPI on that repeatable services, and it was called mm-hmm. productizing. So, yes, that's exactly what I was going to ask next. Thank you, David Sweetman. I appreciate that. <laughs> Dave H., talk to us. Productization. What is this concept? Oh, my goodness. It's, it's, it's the hottest thing that, that we've seen in several years in professional services, and, and we're, doing a, we're doing a major benchmark on it as we speak. So, that, that ought to tell you how much we think of it, but but really, productized services. Some people call them packaged, but it's 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 the ability to take a serv- something services which is you know maybe intangible more because it's thought leadership, it's business processes, you know, it's knowledge, but put it into something where the where the potential clients can understand it. They can understand what you're going to do, how long it's going to take, what it'll cost, mm-hmm. and what the true value is. And you can package it. And it's not just to make your services more efficient, which it will do, but it's also to, to, to enable your company to rally around these products. I mean, it's, it's great if you're in a manufacturing company and you make a, a bar of soap. Everybody understands what you make. Everybody knows what it costs. Everybody knows how much you're going to sell it for. I mean, everybody can get around that. Services are different because... You know, most most consulting firms, you know, say, well, every engagement is different, and therefore it's tough to to understand price. Well, the problem is that that your client then don't know if you really can deliver on time, on budget, and they're really not sure in a lot of cases, is there really going to be value at the end of that deliverable? And so with service packaging or, you know, building this product out of your services, you're able to say, hey, we've sold 300 of these, and here's the mm-hmm. average you know, return on investment the client has got. Here's the average time. 
we can we can uh, you know make make it you know if we know the number of locations, the number of people, and what have you that this service will affect, we can tell you exactly what it's going to cost. And the market is moving toward more fixed price engagements, which really puts a lot of risk on the professional services provider. Because if they make a mistake, they can make a lot of money. That's one thing. If they if they're efficient, but if they make a mistake, it can cost them you know hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars and and put their firm at risk. So you know, packaging your services um, and 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 being a little more clear in terms of the deliverables, the time frames, and what you'll get out of it is is going to benefit both the client and the professional service organization. Hey, Ian Bobby, you know, we can tie this uh, together with a previous question of yours about seed funding. Um, uh, I don't know a single venture capitalist who will fund a professional services, a pure professional services firm, but I know a number of them who are, have already funded cloud professional service firms yeah. who have promised and are delivering more than just pr- uh, uh, packaged and productized services. They're now producing out of their repeatable um, engagements actual new cloud products. One is in the professional services arena, for instance. They've come up with a professional services management solution. The other one is in the uh, analytics and big data arena. Uh, both of them saw a, um, a uh, pattern of demand among their clients. Mm-hmm. They took the tools that were at their disposal. They uh, packaged those tools up and turn them into real products as opposed to packaged services. Jeff, I'm going to stop you because we have to take our final break. But what I'm going to ask you to do is when we come back in the crystal ball segment, a.k.a. what's the forecast in the clouds, I want you to talk about what you see coming down the pike. And it sounds like you already have a very clear vision of the road ahead for ProServe. I'm Bonnie D. Graham speaking with the very smart and very full of great ideas and wonderful information for our audience. Jeff Kaplan, Dave Hofferberth. David Sweetman. We'll be right back with the final segment, and you don't want to miss the crystal ball. We're going to look ahead 10 entire years and see what might be coming down the pipe. I'm going to push you all the way out to 10 because I want a big, long view here. We'll be right back with more In the Cloud with Game Changers. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Still am. Always will be. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network think you know sap think again sap customers produce over 70 percent of the world's chocolate more than 50 percent of the world's brand name jeans over 72 percent of the world's beer more than 86 percent of the world's athletic footwear and over 65% of the world's televisions. Learn more at www.sap.com. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce more than 52% of the world's movies, collect tolls for over 1.75 billion road miles traveled each year, and represent 80% of the companies on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. SAP customers fly more than 1.1 billion of the world's passengers, courier over 50% of the world's packages, and manufacture over 77,000 automobiles a day. Learn more at www.sap.com. You are in the cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. 
If you have a question or comment for Bonnie or her guests, send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. You can also tweet your comments to pound sign SAP Radio during the show. Now back to In the Cloud with Game Changers. And it's that special time of the day for In the Cloud with Game Changers, just like we do on the Coffee Break with Game Changers show. I ask my guests to look ahead. Typically, I say look out five years to 2017, but I think we've got a growing segment here. We have good economic news for ProServe. We have good economic news for what's happening with cloud services. So, Jeff Kaplan, think strategies. Why don't you think your strategy, you can bypass 2017 and keep going down that highway if you'd like, and take us 10 years ahead. What do you see for ProServe? Well, the more things change, the more they remain the same. And wherever there's confusion, there's opportunity for consultants and professional services. So uh, with this new um, movement to the cloud, which is just beginning, uh, there's going to be a tremendous amount of opportunity here. And there are three terms that um, some of the professional services firms may uh, decide to adopt when when it comes to describing themselves on that business card you were asking about earlier. One is they may call themselves a cloud broker that is bringing together third-party um, solutions and reselling them, basically, to their customers, or an aggregator who brings them together and manages them. And if they end up managing them, they may refer to themselves as a managed cloud service provider. So I think that what we're going to find is that the professional services companies, in order to remain strategic, will continue to have a management consulting component, but on the other hand, may in in fact, begin to do, as we were talking about before, productize their services and produce new products through the professional services. Thank you, Jeff. That's great. Good information. And I love the way you put it so well. And by the way, I must chime in with plus a change, plus la même shows. Very well put. I like the way you expanded it. Let's talk to Dave Hufferberth from SPI. Dave, what is the SPI crystal ball? I know it's always nice and sparkly and clean and shiny. When you're looking into that and you want to do a shout out to your partner, Jeannie would be fine right about now. What do you and Jeannie see on the road ahead for ProServe? Well, there, there's a lot of things, but, but, you know, when you ask this question, the first thing I thought was, what would I have said 10 years ago had you interviewed me on this program? And, uh-huh. and to be honest with you, I would have missed a whole lot of things because I think what's happened is the market has changed so much over the past decade that it, that it is difficult to, to see exactly where it will be in 10 years. I mean, who would have thought things like iPads and iPhones and, and in the cloud 10 years ago. It just wasn't, uh, you know, even on the horizon really at that point in time. And so professional services is such, you know, it's a people-driven um, uh, operation, and I, it's good and bad. But the good thing about it is is that the workforce can be anywhere. And so 10 years from now, you're going to see a more diverse, more remote workforce than even exists today. And we definitely have seen changes over the past five years in terms of that. But the, the key is they've got to be better connected than they ever have been for this to work. And so the ability to communicate and collaborate across time zones, countries, currencies, language, and so forth is going to be critical. And so you can imagine technologies that will enable people that don't speak the same language, for instance, mm-hmm. to talk to each other and confer and con- and collaborate. So, you know, again, in a people-driven business like professional services, we we see a lot of change 
over the next decade. And again, this is the industry. I mean, the name of this program is Game Changers. I, I believe that the professional services sector, they are the game changers. And so that's why we're growing fast, starting to grow fast again, is because the game is changing and um, this is the workforce that needs all the tools and technologies at their disposal to make sure that they can truly impact society. Very well put. I have a quick question for you before we bring David Sweetman on for Crystal Ball. Dave Hofferberth, question. What does the pro-serve person who is successful look like? And I'll couch that question in the following comment. Would they be at a cocktail party or a business convention handing out a real card, a proverbial card, a virtual card, or are they at a desk on a headset doing everything virtually and they never see their clients? Tell me, who is that person today? Well, as we always say, you, we, we want you to see your client face-to-face and, and, and not just over uh, the Internet. So we, we like a, a certain amount of, of customer interaction time uh, so that you are talking to them. You are physically shaking their hand and going to dinner mm-hmm. with them and getting to know them on a more personal level. But there's no doubt about it that the efficiencies gained uh, through the technology, you know, collaboration online and video conferencing and all of these things are wonderful. And it's funny, you talk about the business cards, you're right, and in maybe 10 years there won't be business cards. We'll just, you know, we'll just swap uh, our phones, we'll touch each other, and it will be instantly connected. So, uh, in, in the ether, thank you. It, it, you know, that's just the way it's going, and it's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. I think it's a good thing, too. We want to have time here for David Sweetman from SAP. What's your prediction, David? Well, I think, uh, you know, where, where there's complexity and confusion, um, you know, there's opportunity for professional services firms. And so I think there will be continued, uh, you know, opportunity in terms of, uh, you know, globalization and uh, complex business models that will will, will provide good opportunity. Um, we're already seeing a lot of different service delivery models uh, coming about. You know, more companies are looking for service level agreements to be incorporated into contracts and, uh, mm-hmm. and more than just project-based services. So I think that will continue. And then the biggest thing more from the individual perspective is I think the, the network is going to be even more important than it ever has been. And uh, so by that, uh, you know, organizations like LinkedIn will expand um, to, to have the professional services components as a, uh, like a, an exchange for tasks, you know. And we're already seeing some of those types of exchanges out there, but I think that will become even more uh, prevalent where people will be able to kind of bid for services much more and uh, commoditize them much more in some areas, but then be able to hold, be held accountable through service level agreements and quality processes, etc. So definitely a more social and collaborative world in 10 years' time. Thank you, and, and again, you read my lips here. Well, I have a personal radio show called Read My Lips, but you did it, David Sweetman. I was thinking about we haven't we haven't touched on social, and you brought in LinkedIn, so thank you. I think we have the makings of a part two down the road, but it's time for me to do a couple of shout-outs here. First of all, upcoming on In the Cloud with Game Changers, next week we'll talk about the shortage of skilled labor. What? Listen in on May 31st and find out. Next Wednesday here on the Business Channel at 8 a.m. Pacific, you'll hear me with Coffee Break with Game Changers 
talking about consumerization of IT. I'm calling it the State of the Device Report 2012, and my very special guest will be, among others, Oliver Bussman from SAP. June 6th, we have another very special topic, the Multicultural Customer Experience. Yes. I want to do some shout-outs and thank you to Patricia Harris, Joan Sherlock, Malcolm Kimberlin, and Greg Chase. Thanks for tweeting alongside Malcolm today. Appreciate having you on, and thanks for capturing all the bun mo. Speaking of French for my wonderful guest. So I'm going to bid adieu. My goodness, what happened to me? I'm going to bid adieu to Jeff Kaplan from Think Strategies. Jeff, we're going to get you back here on In the Cloud. You have a lot more to say, and I know it. Thank you to Dave Hofferberth from SPI. A pleasure to meet you. And finally, we've done white papers together, but now we got you on the radio. We're going to get you back. And David Sweetman at SAP, thank you so much. You've all contributed so much to the show. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We'll see you next week here on the Business Channel. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Thank you again for being part of In the Cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Please join Bonnie D. Graham again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. And be sure to tune in to our other program, Coffee Break with Game Changers, every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, also on the Business Channel. Between shows, visit us at www.sapgamechangersradio.com.